Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. I hope that you're having a great start to your Friday. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Subscribe to our YouTube page as well. We want all of your support here as we are a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. All right, Duke basketball got a commitment last night. Everybody in the sports world dialed in to the 2023 NFL Draft. As it's unfolding in that first round, Isaiah Evans, a five-star in the 2024 class, announced his commitment to play for Duke. Really awesome pickup for John Shire's squad, and we'll talk about that with my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast joining us here on today's show. Josh, appreciate you coming back twice in one week. Big things are happening here. And, uh, yeah, how about that commitment last night for Duke? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like you. I'm I'm dialed into the NFL draft, trying to watch a little bit of uh, Jason Tatum and the Celtics at the same time, and uh, and then that news breaks, and so uh, really big get for Coach Shire. Uh, I know that just recently, you know, it had really really shown a lot of interest um, in Isaiah Evans, and to get the the commit that quickly, I felt like was a really a really a positive thing for the coaching staff. Very big get for them as they only had one commitment in the class of 2024 thus far. And Darren Harris, a sharpshooter, and everybody was curious. Like, I I know we've been hearing these recruiting classes aren't going to have the volume that some of the six and seven player recruiting classes uh, have had in years past. But just one so far, it was like, I I think it's about time that we get another commitment there in the class of 2024. And when we at least expected it, Isaiah Evans was the guy that ultimately made the decision to come and play for Duke. Uh, yeah, a couple of things to stand out about him. Obviously, in-state guy, and you you know you like to see that. Um, and Duke's had uh, fairly good success, um, you know, with, with in-state guys. I mean, obviously the the big, the obvious comp to Isaiah Evans, uh, not just because he's in-state, but because of his game is Brandon Ingram. Uh, he's slender. Um, he's not quite as tall as as, as Ingram. Uh, but his game does look like that. But he once again an in-state guy, so I love that. I love the fact that um, that you know he's, his parents will be what like two hours away, and I don't know. I think that's a good thing for any program uh, when you can lock down the state and the best players in your state are coming, you know, to your school. And so I, I love that he's the number two player right now in North Carolina. And so when those guys can stay close to home, that's a good thing. Yeah, number 10 in the top 24-7 uh, rankings there for the class of 2024. Six foot six, 165 pounds, North Mech High School. Uh, he proudly reps Fayetteville. He's, uh, as you said, an in-state product. And for Isaiah Evans making this decision to play for Duke, uh, I'm really excited for what he can do in his time there in Durham. He had a quote in his decision saying that, uh, quote, Duke is Duke, and there is no getting around that. If you grew up around basketball, it speaks for himself. And so in his uh, in the story that On3 Sports had, as they had an exclusive interview with Isaiah Evans, he said that meeting with the coaching staff in his recent visit, 
they were showing him film directly from Brandon Ingram, which makes so much sense given the lengthy body type yeah. that he's got, the long arms, can put it on the floor, can shoot it a little bit. And Mark Mitchell was another guy uh, that, that he was reminded of who's going to be playing again for Duke this upcoming season. Yeah, those are two great comps. And and um, and obviously Brandon Ingram, uh, probably a little bit more of a natural scorer than Mark Mitchell, uh, you know, at, the, at that in the college, you know, game as, as, uh, as you look at it that way. Um, and I believe Isaiah Evans will probably lean more toward that Brandon Ingram comp. Um, that would be my just just from watching a little bit of film on him, um, but obviously I've never seen him play in person, so I could be I could be wrong on that. But I do love the fact that they showed film of Ingram because one thing that that even Coach K back in that day uh, did with Brandon Ingram was he did let him shoot, he did let him uh, you know have the ball in his hands quite a bit um, and not just play off the ball. And so I believe if if, if Coach Shire is willing to do the same thing um, here, we can see some similar success. I think if you ask people already uh, about Darren Harris, you would expect for him to be kind of a multi-year guy, uh, given where he's at. Still a top 50 player, but uh, by no means does it feel like he's going to be able to head off to the league after one season. Definitely could prove us wrong. Uh, Isaiah Evans, more of the case that possibly it is just a one-year stay in Durham. And a lot of people, Josh, believe that after the summer circuit, Isaiah Evans could really skyrocket. As I said, he's already number 10 in the 24-7 rankings. He's further down – 16, 17 range and on three. And uh, so definitely a consensus top 25 star in his class. But a lot of people think that the best is still to come for him. And you look at somebody like Brandon Ingram, a lot of that just naturally comes the older you get, the more you can fill out your body. And uh, yeah, I definitely think he's not a complete player yet. But uh, this coaching staff really, really wanted to get Isaiah Evans and they secured his commitment. Uh, yeah. And once again, you know, um, not the, the the numbers of guys that we're typically used to for a class, uh, but I believe two really solid players. Um, and, and, you know, they're both wings. They're both 6'6". Six, six, um, so, the, you know, there's some similarities there. But I believe in today's basketball, you know, we're moving more and more to that positionless, you know, basically you're a ball handler, you're a big, or you're a wing. And so at the end of the day, I think having the, both of those guys in that class is completely fine and good. And uh, – wouldn't mind seeing maybe, uh, you know, with the way everything's going to turn over after next year. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Coach Shire does. I know there's not many offers out there from Duke, not many guys that they're really honed in on uh, to add to this, but it'll, it'll be interesting for yeah, sure. D- Dylan Harper, a point guard, is the big yeah. name that a lot of people are curious if, if he's going to join this class. Um, he's got a, a friendly relationship, it appears, with Isaiah Evans, and so hopefully – uh, the the player to player recruiting can pick up a little bit, trying to build out that class. Uh, and by the all- way, I don't know if everybody knows this. That is Ron Harper's son uh, of of NBA lore, Lakers, <laughs> Kobe back in the day. Um, and so I I actually didn't put that together until just a couple weeks ago. So yeah, big time is. player that Duke's trying to go and get. Yeah. So hopefully he'll commit and and play for Duke uh, again in the class of twenty twenty four. Isaiah Evans, the second commitment for John Shire in the 2024 class. Welcome to the Brotherhood. Excited to have you on board. All right, we're going to talk about the Brotherhood and some guys still hooping in the NBA playoffs. We continue that conversation after our first break here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. It's built. You got to try this. 
If you're like me and you just want healthier snack choices but don't want to compromise on taste, sometimes you're struggling to find something. Well, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. These are healthy and taste amazing. They taste so amazing that you won't think they're good for you. Anything that tastes good, you always feel like, man, this probably isn't great for me, but that's not the case with Built Bars. Another awesome thing, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yeah, real chocolate, super awesome stuff there. Amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and my favorite, cookies and cream, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. Awesome stuff when you consume Built Bar, now available in your nearby Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can also still get the specialty flavors online at Built.com. Built Bar, proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Moving forward here on today's episode, J.J. Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, Section 17 podcast. All right, you and I are dialed in. We're following these NBA playoffs. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier in the week, but talking recruiting, right, first and foremost yeah. <clears throat> uh, with Isaiah Evans out of the gate. <laughs> Jason Tatum, in the midst of an NBA playoff season this past weekend, is in Atlanta where the large summer kickoff Nike EYBL event is taking place. And uh, he pulls up and sits courtside next to John Shire. Yeah, uh, not a bad not a bad flex there when yeah. uh, Jay Lucas, John Shire, you know, and company uh, roll in sitting, sitting next to Jason Tatum. It's not bad when, you know, a top five uh, MVP candidate in the league um, is there with with uh, with you to watch those games? And so, you know, the truth is, um, you know, Duke has been able to build that brand, and with guys like Tatum, um, and as their continued success in the league, I mean, it's it's very easy to point to, and I'm sure that's what other schools have done. You know, we 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 think back, you know, 20 years ago, UNC was sitting there going like Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, Antoine James. You know, they were just going through that list of guys in the pros uh, that were, that, you know, were killing it. And so it helped them. It, it'll help us. And so I love it. And I do love the fact that, as you mentioned, Jason Tatum, as he's in the playoff series has enough, like, I don't know, understanding and, and like willingness to come and hang out and, to you know, rep Duke, you know, while he's there. So that's yeah. Cool. That's kind of where I wanted to focus this. So of course, last night the draft was happening. Isaiah Evans commits to Duke. Jason Tatum and the Celtics did ultimately beat the Hawks in six games that are on to the second round of the NBA playoffs. But what I wanted to focus on, Josh, was simply the Jason Tatum dynamic of this, that he was willing to do that, right? Like it, a guy that loves basketball but is still in the midst of a big-time playoff series and has the thought and said, you know what, I want to go watch basketball. I know that my Duke guys are going to be there. And it almost doesn't even feel like – Shire wanted something like this to happen. It felt like Jason Tatum just wanted to take an opportunity to go catch up with his guys, and then it turns into one hell of a recruiting pitch when you're looking courtside and there's Tatum sitting with the Duke squad. Yeah, I mean, and if you think back, though, uh, when for Tatum's season here at Duke, that was John Shire's first really big get on the recruiting trail as far as, like, it was his guy. Everybody yeah. knew that that was Shire's guy. Um, and so I think Shire and Tatum have a uniquely uh, tight relationship, more so Fair. than other recruits. And so that's my opinion of it. Obviously, I don't have any insight there on their relationship, but I would assume, uh, like I said, from the outside looking in, he was the he was the lead recruiter. 
I mean, this was his guy. Obviously, Kay comes in, you know, at the end. I probably sealed the deal. Uh, but but I think there was that. I think they're tight, I believe. Uh, I believe Tatum loves Duke. Yeah. I believe that he, um, you know, wants to see the program succeed, as, as, as all of our guys do. But I just think he does kind of on that next level. Jason has a – has an odd uh, maturity about him, you know, for his age. He's a father, you know, at a young age. So I, I don't know. I think he sees the big picture there, and he wants to give back and make sure that his his school is continuing their their level of excellence. And and playing for the Boston Celtics, every time Duke has gone up to Boston College since he has left Durham, and if the Celtics have a home game on their schedule during that time. He's pulling up to the game like he's going to rep the squad and that sort of thing. Uh, that's kind of you to let us know you don't have access to that text thread, though, to yeah. John Shire and Jason Tatum. That you I mean, you know, you've got I, an idea, I, but you don't know everything going on. I signed out of my iPad. The texts were coming to my <laughs> iPad, and I have no clue. Haven't been able to get them since then. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so, how about Jason Tatum and the Celtics? Yeah. It took a little bit longer than expected, but uh, last night, ultimately, they get it done. Tatum made a big three late. Had a putback dunk that was just filthy late in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and, yeah, he's on to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, once again, I, his advanced stats and stuff, I, I know uh, – I feel like he, he's he's pacing himself because I feel like from last season and all the energy exerted, uh, offseason coming back and another – here comes another long playoff run. I, I almost feel like he's at that point, not that he's LeBron – uh, but you know how LeBron kind of plays is a single game or even a series. He's kind of like he picks his spots. Um, so I get that his advanced numbers maybe not jump off the charts like they used to. But my man's still 30 points a game in the playoffs, basically. Um, when they need the shot, they know he's going to come through. And, and shout out to his teammates, too. I mean, Jalen Brown, <clears throat> 32 points last night. Malcolm Brogdon, what, 17 off the bench, smart at over 20. I mean, they were really good last night. Um and, you know, honestly, shout out to the Hawks, man. They made this a series uh, when a lot of people didn't think it was going to be one at all. Our guy, Jalen Johnson, getting some good playing time, you know, for the Hawks. And, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're getting better. And, but we did lose in that game. You know, we, we, we kept our guy Tatum in. We lost two of our other guys, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in A.J. Griffin and Jalen Johnson as they were eliminated. Yeah, not as much run this series for A.J. Griffin in his rookie season, but a lot of time left to be played. Still think he's going to be a heck of a player. Jalen Johnson, as you said, uh, was getting some time out there on the floor. And, yeah, look for Tatum to continue to try and will the Boston Celtics back to uh, the NBA Finals and their trip to the Finals. Uh, you have to think is a little bit more likely, given another first-round series that came to a close, the one seat in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks featuring Grayson Allen, upset in five games. The Miami Heat uh, knocked them out in five. What a series that was. Uh, I know there's not the big Duke perspective from this other than Grayson Allen had the ball in his hands as the series ultimately concluded. But, uh, yeah, that was a big surprise in the basketball world. I mean, the Heat had kind of sleptwalked through the season, it seemed like, and – you know, then they get in the playoffs and they lose Tyler Hero, and you're like, okay, what, what's what's going on here? Yeah, this but, isn't good. <laughs> yeah, but like, and like, don't I mean, obviously, I'm not saying losing Tyler Hero is a good thing. Tyler Hero is a baller, but it became very clear post injury that this was Jimmy and Bam's team. <clears throat> like, thank you, Kyle Lowry, for 
whatever you do. But like that ball is going to be in Bam's hands, and that ball is going to be in Jimmy's hands. And there, it was almost like they were able to like focus a little bit more on that. And so, I, you know, I'm not saying anything at all about it being better without um, Tyler Hero, but you did see Gabe Vincent, you did see uh, Duncan Robinson sightings, you know, uh, getting back into the to, to the rotation. They are deep. I mean, they do have guys like Victor Oladipo and others with a lot of experience on that roster. And so, I mean, you know, obviously you would rather see them than the Bucks, but it's not like you're really pumped if you're the Knicks about seeing the second round. So the season is over for Grayson Allen there in the NBA playoffs. Uh, another series moving on to the second round in the Eastern Conference. You've got the New York Knicks who take down the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Knicks are now set to play the Miami Heat. And, of course, R.J. Barrett continued to get better throughout the entire series. If you watch Game 5, they're talking specifically about R.J. Barrett, how his scoring numbers truly did get better each and mm-hmm. every game. Um, and, and when Randall has been out and struggling, and now you know he's got an ankle injury that they're concerned about, more is going to be put on the plate for R.J. Barrett as they go into the second round. Well, and I think actually where, where he's going to see the majority of the addition to his plate is going to be on the defensive side. I believe that he will get matched up against Jimmy, you know, quite a bit. Of course, they're going to run some other guys at Jimmy, I'm sure. Uh, but I believe RJ will be one of those guys. And so we know this playoff Jimmy, man, when playoff Jimmy shows up, but he's having one of those nights, um, there's not much you can do about it. So I really actually look at RJ's defensive game, you know, in this series uh, is, is where I think they're going to need him the most. Let's get set to take our final timeout here on the program today. And when we come back, we continue talking about Duke and the NBA playoffs here on a Friday edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. Well, we saw the first round of the NFL draft last night. How exciting was that, especially for our in-state Carolina Panthers? They hold on to the number one pick, and they do ultimately select Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama. Lockdown's NFL mock draft special is here, and it's bigger than ever Now that you know what happened in the first round, go see how well our staff did. Follow along all 32 teams. First pick in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on the Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Final few moments here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Uh, kind of moving around the NBA playoffs, Duke guys still in series and, and what they've been doing here in the first round. Later tonight, we've got a pair of Game 6 matchups, uh, both in the Western Conference. It's the three-seed Sacramento Kings on the road, down three games to two, taking on the six-seed Golden State Warriors, and there is not a single Duke basketball player involved in the series. Nope. But what a fun series, man. That, that's been, been a great incredible. Point. And even, you know, I know the Kings are like that, you know, new kid on the block type of deal. Um, but, man, I, they are legit. And, like, honestly, I mean, I love the fact that this series is happening. But for the Kings' sake, you kind of wish this would have happened in the next round. It could have been a whole lot, a little bit more. You know, like, I, I kind of wish they, they could get their their first round uh, win. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they could come back that. Look, De'Aaron Fox is incredible. And when he and Monk and those and, and Herder are on, I mean, Sabonis getting in the ball, like that's 
they're they're unbeatable when they're all clicking. And so, of course, then the Warriors, there's no right. What, what can you say? When and they're clicking, they're unbeatable. So the Kings are going to be able to build on this for years to come. But you're right; it's almost yeah. like, hey, congrats on having your best season and forever. Here's the dynasty, right? Yeah, Here's exactly. the NBA champs. Yeah. Um, here's Steph Curry, and uh, good luck. So, um, yeah, it feels as though the Warriors are going to be able to close this out playing at home. We've seen crazier things happen, yep. um, but but we will certainly see. And then additionally, we've got another game six tonight, also in the Western Conference, uh, and also in a position where the underdog, based on seeds in the series, has a chance of moving on. The seven seed Los Angeles Lakers have a three games to two lead over the Memphis Grizzlies, who were the two seed in the West. Uh, game six to be played in Los Angeles later tonight. This Grizzlies team, of course, features two former Blue Devils and Tyus Jones and Luke Kennard, both those guys coming off the bench. Yeah, and both of those guys important to this team. Uh, you know, we, and, and by the way, Tyus Jones is not only important to this team when John Moran is out. He's important to this team with John Moran. They play them together. Uh, some in the rotation as well. Uh, Tyus Jones, his assist to turnover ratio is not lost on anyone. We know how well he does handling the ball, running a team, and then Luke Kennard leading the league in three-point shooting. And anytime you can stretch and have a guy, you know, in the corner when Ja is penetrating, you know, that's that's a benefit. And so I think Luke, getting Luke Kennard going, um, you know, and him hit, and knocking down some shots could be – a major key if they want to prolong the series tonight. Yeah, big thing was obviously the uh, the health now of Luke health in the NBA play. Like that's yeah. a big storyline. Are all these stars getting Period. hurt? And great yeah. players being injured. We mentioned Tyler Hero a little bit earlier. Oladipo uh, with a big injury there for Miami. But uh, John Morant missed yep. game two of the series. He is a, a pinball down there with how explosive he is. And then also in game five, we saw Luke Kennard exit the basketball game and have to get his entire shoulder iced yep. up and wrapped up. So we'll see if that shooting shoulder has any impact moving forward. Do you think the Lakers can get this job done tonight, or do uh, you think game seven is in order? How do you think the series ultimately goes? Well, speaking of injury, I mean, the Lakers are just one nicked up Anthony Davis away from being a completely different team. No so, kidding. Uh, so, I mean, I, it's hard for you to – it's hard to put money on that, right? Because Memphis, uh, you know, they're good, and – uh and so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I do believe this could definitely go seven. Um, I mean, Josh just got that killer, that killer mentality, and you know, we'll see. Uh, I hate to say it this way because I don't think he just legitimately decides when to, to play and not to play. But like, this does seem like one of those games where if LeBron wants this game to the series to be over tonight, he can make sure it's over. Um, you know, but we'll see, man. That's yeah. why they that's why they they, they play the game. Um, but you know, I, I, it's hard for me to bet against LeBron when he's not hurt and when AD's not hurt. It's hard for me to bet against the Lakers if they're healthy. Yeah, he owned up to how poorly he played there in uh, Game Five. Did <laughs> yeah. LeBron James? Uh, he does look old now, which at, at certain moments, which is crazy. Yeah. Like uh, still a twenty twenty game earlier in the series. Uh, but I think he'll try and rev up the tank one more time tonight to get on to uh, the second round of the series. We certainly will see. So uh, big picture, man, pretty cool to see all these Duke guys um, moving along in the NBA playoffs and uh, even the series that don't have Duke players are still finding ways to be incredibly entertained by basketball. Yeah, and I mean, even some of those guys, you know, where their teams lost the series, I mean, they still played well. 
um, you know, or, you know, even even in defeat. I mean, Austin Rivers. I mean, I'm not gonna start listing, but other guys just got into rotation. You know, played well. Um, you know, and, and and don't forget, Jack White's Denver Nuggets are still uh, are still going. Even You're right. He didn't see, he didn't see right. the court, but I got to give him. You know, <laughs> got, if we're going to talk give him love, game, yeah, got to give Jack White love, man. But you know, Aussie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, is going to be an interesting remainder of the playoffs. We knew going into it that there were so many teams that were so close together that you really it was really difficult to you know to like pick who was going to win what. Um, and so it's it's playing out that way. I mean, you have a team like Philly who swept their first round series, who probably in the Eastern Conference, I, there's an argument that they are the least equipped team, you know, in in the Eastern yeah. Conference. You know what I mean? But they swept their first round series. It just was what it was. The matchup was was good for them. Um, but you know, if they face, uh, they'll be facing. Boston? Yep, Boston. That's a terrible matchup for them. You know what I mean? They've got nobody to handle those wings. And so, like, that's the beauty of it, man. The beauty of the game, NBA is playing at the highest level. We're able to see matchups and strategy and coaching and defense. And it's really fun this time of year. This, uh, of course, that Philly team does not feature a former Duke basketball player. No. Used to have Seth Curry services. He now plays for the Nets. You mentioned one more thing. Guys whose seasons came to a close in these uh, series, right? We mentioned the Timberwolves losing to the Nuggets. They had Austin Rivers and Wendell Moore Jr. Neither of those guys really a factor in that one. But the Clippers season came to a close, and Mason Plumlee Mm. was so impactful for the Clippers, traded midway through the year from the Charlotte Hornets, had a really, really good season, and uh, he's turned himself into uh, having a pretty awesome career for a big fella in a league where – you know that the the, uh, the old center is is kind of a dying breed. If you don't have a jump shot, you're not competing. Um, and let's not kid ourselves. Mason Plumlee is not a jump shooter whatsoever, no. but still able to make an impact. Well, I think there. I think the 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 part of his game that keeps him on the court, other than his defense, because he's a big body and he's athletic, but it's his passing. He he really does do well uh, passing the ball. You know, I think I've said this before on this podcast. It's nowhere – it's not a legitimate comp. But, like, he can play that role of, like, point point center, point yeah. forward. Like, I'm not saying he's Jokic by any stretch of the imagination. I can, no, but I can but visually like, picture Plumlee bringing the ball up. On, yeah. You know, Draymond, a lot of Hornets What Draymond and, does. Yeah. He has always – Plumlee has done that, man. Yeah, yeah. He looks for that backdoor cut often uh, with guys. And, and then, I mean, he can rim run, man. At the end of the day, he's still got that athleticism and – He's Still seven powerful. feet tall. So, yeah. Absolutely. He's got – he's made himself a lot of money uh, in this league uh, kind of doing the dirty work, and he's really good at it. Well, Josh, we'll continue to watch the NBA playoffs throughout the weekend. We'll chat with you again next week. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll get a transfer portal commitment or, or John Shire's out there doing more work. But, again, big story of the day, Isaiah Evans, five-star, committing to Duke basketball in the class of 2024. Yeah, it's been a good week, JJ. Have a have a good weekend, and we'll see you next time. All right, that's my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast joining us here on the show today, and that's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. Talk to you soon. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day. <laughs>